Hi guys. Hello. Welcome to uh, episode 12 of Off the Crossbar, a Real Salt Lake podcast. Joining us today, we've got uh, a guy you might recognize as the Off the Crossbar special correspondent, <laughs> Lucas Muller. Say hello, Lucas. Uh, hello. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You're, you're welcome. And that was we've very got. Polite. I liked that. You know, I, I'm, I'm realizing now that. Uh, we never introduce ourselves to listeners. Oh, I'm Kyle. And, it, and it's because I mean, you know, we're all Kyle, in the same room recording. Kyle but we're not so ready to jump in and announce his name. Well, I mean, I figured somebody need to, needed to at some point. But yeah, I yeah. Uh, we usually are all sitting there. But now we're so, all so isolated. It feels like we've introduced ourselves to the audience, right? That's right. It does feel like that normally. But I realize that's kind of a that's a weird thing. Trevor, go. No. Okay. That was his. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's it's it's weird. How how's everyone holding up, by the way? We were all in isolation from each other, but uh yep. you know, everyone staying sane, I think. Yeah. yeah. I uh was officially quarantined for like three weeks. Uh went back to work starting this week. Um so I'm trying to get back into the swing of like going to work, but it's rough. The transition to go like to stay home is rough. And then the transition to go back to work is really yeah, it's a lot rougher so, than I thought it was going to be. Trevor had coronavirus. So, oh, coronavirus. also is Trevor recording? I'm not seeing his little bars. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, cool. That happened to us last time too. Nice. Okay. Trevor, right. tell, tell us about what it's like to have coronavirus. I did not have coronavirus. Um, my, okay. <laughs> the mother of my child, my ex-wife, she did have coronavirus. She tested positive. And because of that, I ended up taking my daughter over to my house. And I had her over here for three weeks um, until she was better. Um, during that time, my daughter started showing symptoms. Um, so we were able to get her tested. Her test came back negative, but it was one of those that like we don't really believe because we she for sure had like the exact same symptoms for like eight or nine days um but everybody's healthy again everybody's back and recovered and everybody's good there was a moment where um i started i had like a cough and a sore throat so i went and got tested my test also came back negative and i only felt like a little bit sick for like two days so I don't okay. think I got it. I don't think I had anything more than just a cold. So, all right. But, so never yeah. mind about the whole Trevor having coronavirus thing. Yeah, I, I genuinely thought that you did have it. So, um, <laughs> no, sorry. My, co- my coworker in New York has it. She's miserable mm. right now. So that's no, fun. Um, yeah, I'm glad I've been relatively healthy and isolated. Lucas, are you able to work from home? Yeah. I- okay. I had surgery at the beginning of March, so I feel like I've been ahead of working from home for like two weeks before Word. everyone else. Um, and it's been fine. Like everyone from my company works from home one to two days a week anyway. So this has felt like a pretty seamless transition for our company. Um, on Monday, though, I had a low grade fever oh. and was like, 
oh dang, this is probably coronavirus. And so got a test and it was actually really easy to do. Oh, you got tested? Oh yeah, yeah that's right. With the big nose stick thing? Yeah. Oh. Which is oh. very unpleasant no, 20 seconds. Oh. Uh, not the worst. Um, but yeah, you've got this thing that feels like it's in the middle of your head for like a solid 20 seconds. And then they pull no, it out. You. Oh, I was, I, I can't remember who, if I told you guys, but I had to do something where I had like a thing down my throat. They they, oh. they went through that same thing. And then there was like a little camera that went into my throat mm. and I had to do that for like, it was like pretty close to an hour and I had oh. to do all these weird tests and it was the worst. It, I, I, thinking about it makes me want to die a little bit. So never doing that again. But yeah, so haven't gotten tested for coronavirus. Never, haven't really, I was like checking my, I was like um, obsessively checking my temperature for a couple of weeks there. Um, but since then I've just kind of been going a little nutty in my apartment, but feeling lucky that I can work from home and Trevor's out there uh, on the front lines, sort of. <laughs> That's a really, yeah. really dramatic way of putting it. Trevor's on some lines. They're not necessarily in the front, but they're, they're out there somewhere. I want to make it the clear, out I'm there. not on any front line of any kind of organization or anything important. I honestly like you're making I've had this conversation with my boss. Like, I feel like my industry should also be shut down, but the higher ups disagree. So what are you going nice. to do? What are you going to do, Trevor? What you going to do when the higher ups come to you? I guess I got to go to work and keep getting paid. So. All right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> Yeah. That so, is so speaking of health and organizational health and uh, <laughs> organizational dysfunction. And uh, so we learned this week that Real Salt Lake has furloughed a number of employees. I don't know if the number is out there or even known at this point outside of the organization. Uh but it's it's something, isn't it? Do you want to walk us through the timeline of how we got here with the RSL stuff? Because there was a Crossbar article, or not not Crossbar, a Soapbox article. We didn't talk about it on Crossbar yet. We were kind of holding off because we were, well, we had the, the Robbie interview and then we were kind of waiting to see what was going to happen. But if you want to walk us through what the uh, Soapbox article said previously based on the information that we had, I can't, was that a month ago? Was that two, a week ago? Was that, I can't remember. I think it was like um, three years ago. Um, weeks, it seriously feels time. like a past lifetime when we were at the home opener. So that's weird. Um, but yeah, Matt, do you have, do you feel confident in your ability to walk us through the, series of events yes but i know someone else who would do an even better job than me special correspondent lucas muller this is my time to shine you guys my goodness (laughs) um yeah so march 24th i think it was um like i've got the article in front of me so i don't have this all memorized but um monday at 5 30 p.m a source within the club confirmed uh that RSL had sent out private meeting invites to employees like across um, like the team and organization. Um, it was cryptically titled COVID-19 update. Um, and the employees basically worked out that these meetings were sket- like spaced out about 15 minutes apart, which is a very short to the point meeting. Um, you can kind of infer what you will from that. Uh, As somebody and- who's been laid off before, I can tell you what that means. 
Yeah. Um, probably Same. not good news. We'll never know. That didn't happen. So maybe uh, it was all raises. <laughs> we ruined it. <laughs> oh, no. Nah. Um, and then at 11.30 that night, the front office then canceled the meetings um, and without any further detail. The next morning, um, good friend of the show from the Rival podcast, Jake, uh, tweeted about the situation. Um, and from there, um, it seems like that tweet legitimately had an impact on sort of staying the hand of the front office. Um, Not only that, but I think some of the people who worked for the company in some capacity, I I had a friend um, tell me that they were going to get a call from um, somebody within the organization, but didn't know specifically what it was. And as information got out, and posts were put on Facebook. This individual found out information specifically from Facebook as to what uh, this individual was going to be contacted about. Um, mm. So not, not only did some employees not even know yet, but like uh, Jake's post got out ahead of the like employees actually receiving that information, which is not good for the organization and you know they hate that yeah and so this person that i was talking with said that they were going to get the call the next day and that night is when everything got canceled because that was the same day that jake tweeted and posted on facebook and everything else what was going on um yeah (laughs) so that's bad yeah i think that's fair to say so uh Oh, go sorry on. to cut yeah. you off, but just at, at that point when I when I talked to this friend, um, they told me that at other Deloitte Hansen companies, not sure which ones in particular, some of the the pay cuts um, and furloughing had actually happened already. But because obviously some of the other companies are uh, less public facing, and there's um, not dedicated fan podcasts to uh, other companies like that information is kind of, you know, um, it's harder to get out there, I guess you could say. Do you guys want to start a Wasatch Apartments? uh, (laughs) Yes, would love to. Anyway, Lucas, continue. Well, yeah, that Tuesday, um, essentially the club came out with like a, a position that, you know, they weren't, they weren't doing anything. Um, and it eventually came out, um, that it had been on the table that they were going to furlough people. And then Andy Carroll wanted to make it very clear that, um, they had changed their minds before Jake tweeted out this information. So they were not swayed by, uh, one Jake Simon's tweets, um, social media rumors. I think they called it right. That was no, they exactly called it, what they, they called, called it. it rumors on social media. I've got the email in front of me. Yep. And um, that was it. I We didn't really hear a whole lot more. It seems like Deloitte Hansen is a guy who um, cares what fans think of him. And so it seems like this was stopped for a while until um, Tuesday of this week when um, – Apparently one minute before the media release went out, they emailed their staff about 
furloughs and pay cuts coming. Perfect. Wow. That's one minute. I think it was one to two yep. minutes. Someone told me. Well, that that fits Andy Carroll's uh, statement in his his staff update, uh, where he says that staff members would be the first to know. Yeah, so so I, I think he did his due diligence. What's there. so What's so wild though is that staff members were the first to know that those were coming, but the staff who was getting furloughed or their pay cut or just straight up laid off didn't know that they were one of the people who was going to get furloughed or laid off or their pay cut before you know the public knew that that was going to happen. So shout out to Andy Carroll for letting everyone know that that may happen to them and to give them that little heads up. I'm sure that was reassuring for everyone. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone's checking their email. So yes, that's that's yeah, great. As most people, you know, in the modern day, are really bound to their email inbox in, in professional sports, right? Yeah, exactly. So, and we got what the uh, or we saw that first Andy Carroll email, um, and boy, that that thing sucked. I got to be honest. Um, just really, really tone deaf. I'm trying to find it. I, I know I saved it somewhere. Anyway, I hated it. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much all I have to say about it. And the spelling errors were just a, you know, just a cherry yeah, on top. I did like um, looking at the. I, I know you guys have a copy of this too, but the email that he sent out originally, the one in response to the rumors. Yeah, that's the um, one that that's the first one I was talking about. But yeah, yeah, that one it it's funny. To me, looking back at it now, because now we have the like their release talking about why they had to do it. In the original email, he says that uh, the leadership team is working closely together in developing the best business continuity plan, which is just a Ooh. wonderful turn of phrase. Business continuity. I forgot he said that. Yeah, he called it a business uh, continuity plan when talking about the um, nobody's getting laid off in that email. And then in the press release uh, that they put out, they use the same language, their business continuity plan. And they were talking about in uh, how the league, not the league or the team didn't qualify for the federal uh, cares program, the yeah. coronavirus relief. And that's what drove them to make the decision was that they didn't get any help from the government. And that's, that's what was going to save the jobs But because they didn't like, that was their whole plan. The whole time was just like, get a government bailout and then we'll keep people's jobs and then we won't absorb these losses. Well, yeah. it's not even like a full bailout, right? It's a, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it's mostly just a low interest loan, right? It's low interest in like forgiven loans, depending on oh, the circumstance, okay. depending on the business. Yeah. I call it a bailout. That's probably the wrong term to use, but yeah, it's more based around loans. And to be honest, the whole pro I was listening to NPR on the way to work today the whole program has been kind of a mess from the beginning, if you can believe that. Um, a whole bunch of businesses are having troubles getting calls back from banks about the about processing the loan, about whether the loans are going to go through, what the actual loan terms are, what people qualify for. Like nobody really has any. The whole thing isn't working, but hmm. that seemingly, from what we know, was kind of the tipping point for this whole thing was the team not qualifying for loans, which seems silly. Yeah. So I have a question here. Can you guys think of any alternative ways that Real Salt Lake could secure money in a low interest or forgivable 
sort of way from anyone in the organization. I'm there's just literally a none. Thought. Unfortunately, I guess player salary. So uh, yeah, probably <laughs> player salary. But okay, so a few things. Andy's email started out as dear staff member, which is just hilarious. Um, that's dear just sir such or a, madam. Yeah, and when he con- when he capitalizes business continuity plan is just hilarious too. Each one of those is capitalized. Um, and I assume that the reason they didn't qualify for that is because they exceed um, 500 employees as a, as Deloitte Hansen's organization. So I assume that he himself and his umbrella of companies is obviously greater than 500 people. I, and I, and I think that might be why they didn't qualify for anything under the cares act, because I think it was specific industries that are larger than 500 people. And then anyway, um, it it could also have had to do with like the payroll requirements, like how much it would, how, how big the loan would have to be. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to read that email after knowing that they um, got rid of a bunch of people. But before we go into Deloy Hansen and his net worth and what he could have done, I think it's so. I don't know if you follow uh, Mustacho Muchacho on on Twitter, um, but he was going through. I think Jake was talking about um, all that could have you know, the club could have potentially done even not getting into uh, Deloitte's um, collections of monies, uh, <clears throat> which we will, of course. But um, Mustachio Machacho was going through all these different things that the club could have potentially done. I- I'm trying to find what the list was, but it was like a bunch of things like um, – stuff that the club could have like auctioned off or like done different like type of charity events that could have like not only like raised a certain amount of money to possibly um, save some jobs, which I don't know how feasible that really would have worked out to be and how much money it would have been, but like also to earn some good graces in like for your fan base who had a lot of momentum building up to the start of the season, played one home game and then, you know, we're universally in this situation um, but get people engaged in the club during a time when, uh, you know, no one's really engaged in sports. And it's weird to see, like, there wasn't really even an effort that was made to, like, do anything really that was public facing. We know more about, like, what players tried to do, um, which is another thing we can talk about. But I just think it's weird how that kind of just, like, I don't know. We we didn't really hear much about RSL other than that they were maybe going to do, do furloughs and layoffs, and then all of a sudden that wasn't going to happen, and then all of a sudden it did, and like everyone got laid off. Like, well, but, let me in response to that, Kyle. Let me ask you this: How many other sports teams? I mean, while you've been talking, I've been trying to think of any other, yeah. like not just soccer teams, but like all sports everywhere got canceled, and mm-hmm. a lot of other teams are announcing layoffs and and things like that across a lot of different sports. Have there been any other? organizations I don't know. besides like I, super grassroots level or specific players stepping up and well um like I, what's, I know Kevin Love did something Donovan Mitchell yeah. and Andy Gobert did something it, it, wait it so appears we have organizations that have stepped up has there been any like fan engagement <laughs> at all I I don't think so not that I've seen um I know like for certain club like a lot of players um you know notably absent MLS um, but like, which is a thing, but, um, 
players in other leagues, especially NBA that I've seen. Um, there have been a lot of players and in some cases owners like uh, Mark Cuban, as an example, um, donating a lot of money of his own money, just like creating a fund just like that to keep people on. Um, funny, funny story about that. Sure. I heard that uh, they named the Cuban sandwich after Mark Cuban. You can go on now. <laughs> that is uh, a complete and true fact. So, yeah. Um, Facts based podcast. It's, it's, I haven't seen much. It's just like, I don't know. There, there are some good ideas that could have been done that, like, but then when you think about it, when you think about how much money could have been potentially raised from club fundraisers or something like that, you think about how much money Deloy Hansen could have just, like, made appear just yeah. like, yeah, that's that's kind of my response to that. I mean, he had um, he had a great thread. I read through the the thread that you were yeah. talking about. A lot of really good ideas. Yes. But ultimately, I don't. I, that's and not where I think the blame should be placed for any. Absolutely not. And I don't think there's any blame there. I just thought those were good ideas, and it yeah, would have been something fun for the organization if they were, you know, like make help people feel like they have some sort of like control and some sort of like I could make a positive impact in people's lives. Cause I think some of us who are more dialed into like places that we can donate money and try to help out. Um, there are probably a lot of people who just kind of use Twitter and the internet for RSL and, and sports. And maybe you're thinking like, Oh, I wish I could have done something to help. And even if that ultimately wouldn't have made a big difference, um, I think that could have done done some some had had some positive impact for fans and like putting the club in good graces but like again when you think about how much could like you think about all the money that could have been raised from all those ideas he had which were nice to think about um you know Deloitte hansen has a 1.3 million dollar dime so yeah four million million dollar dollar i was there we go (laughs) i was messaging with an employee you know the day it happened and he said like that they were Arso was the first to like furlough um and do pay cuts like the same day Atlanta is coming out and Arthur Blank is like putting up I think a million dollars and um mm-hmm. to pay like game day staffers and like full time employees uh for both Atlanta United and the Falcons were told like by the owner that all positions are safe and they're gonna be continue to pay be paid their full salaries. And yeah, Lloyd really Hansen like book is yeah is a man who this is the weird thing about him he's obviously like you don't become a billionaire without being very tight with money um at least not like the way he's gone about it I, like and we've heard that he is frustrated that he has to pay injured players who aren't actively able to play which seems insane to me um yeah. but it feels like yeah. he's conflicted between not wanting to spend money and desperately wanting the approval of the fan base and he will never be able to like buy back the amount of goodwill he lost over this. Mm-hmm. That's actually the first point that uh, Mark Cuban made um, when he committed to that, and he was he was saying he was like, I don't, I mean, I don't know how much he actually cares about other owners and what they do, but he was saying like there is an actual like if if you really just want to think about money in a situation like this there's a legitimate monetary value placed on the money that you're losing by doing what i believe personally the wrong thing in this situation by laying everyone off in in the fashion that he did 
if if I don't know what that number is, and I don't know how to articulate that, but there's like a numerical value of money that Deloitte lost by making um, the fan base as upset as the fan base is. So, okay, I'm going to intervene here. Sure. Um, this has been a little bit of a hot topic on Twitter as well, and it's all wrapped up in this. Um, but I'm curious if anyone, Lucas, you're pretty close to things. Uh, has an idea if the club has stopped taking season ticket holder payments or if they're continuing to collect on those. I I think they're still collecting. I don't know. I haven't heard otherwise. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the prevailing opinion. And yep. uh, that seems so... distressing to me. So just to throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that... Have they even said anything to season ticket holders? I mean, like, are people going to, going to be partially refunded? Are they going like, no one knows what the season's going to look like, really. So I assume they haven't said anything, even dabbling in the potential of what they're going to do to make people I'll, whole. I'll tell you what they said to me. Um, sure. The day before the furloughs were announced, and I wasn't the only one. I know there were several other people. I got a call from a season ticket rep the day before the furloughs were announced. And it was an innocent call. It was somebody... Um, they left a message. I was at work. I couldn't answer, but the message was basically, Hey, we're just checking in. We know everybody's dealing with this. We just wanted to know if there's anything we can do to help. Um, we wanted to make sure that, you know, you're doing okay. It was very much a checkup call and I really appreciated it, um, that they would make that call. But now like, I don't know if I should call back because I don't know if that person or those people are still there. Like, because the very next day everybody's furloughed. And I know that I'm not the only one that received that call. I don't know if you guys did, yeah, but they were going down, calling people, checking up on people during the coronavirus thing, which I really appreciated. And then I find out the next day that a lot of those people probably got laid off. It was just yeah, I do know that really, really disheartening. Some people in ticketing lost their jobs just from someone I follow on Twitter. Um, and you kind of wonder, like, if, is that a marketing move? Of you've got this, you know, staff of people in ticketing sales who, you know, obviously have zero sales. So that's a, that's a way to buy goodwill, but my goodness, that is such a bad look to have them reach out. How can we help you the next day? You cut so many of those people. Yeah, it was, I, I have also been told, and this feels really significant to me. The press release said, uh, furloughs and, um, like salary reduction for all executives and basically remaining staff that people were, there have been people that were straight up laid off. Um, one person I was talking to said the majority of people he had spoken to were laid off, not furloughed. I heard from another person who said he had only heard of furloughs and not people being laid off that per that second person I was less familiar with, but I think is worth noting. Um, but even that that press release or not press release that email from Andy Carroll like basically said we're not guaranteeing any jobs when people get back. Yeah, so I mean furlough if you're lucky, and then just an elimination of your position if not. Yeah, um, Andy Larson had a really good. Uh... <laughs> Sounds like being a reporter for context. yes, yes. Sorry, Andy Larson of the Andy B Larson. Sorry. Or Andy Blarson. His last name might, might be Blarson. I hope it's Blarson. I thought from study. He used to work with him, but I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <Pretty> sure <laughs> I'll, I'll look well into this. Established that his last name is Larson. 
Okay, well, Do it's all lowercase and all one word on Twitter. It would be pretty I'm, easy I'm to go saying... to any of the thousand articles he's written and see what his name is. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not an easy articles, mistake I just to make, Twitter. Kyle, but I'm sure Andy, if you fun. listen to this podcast, we are so sorry. <laughs> all right. Andy Blarson <laughs> tweeted. So he tweeted uh, our other fun name guy, Sam Stashkel, um, who... who was basically announcing RSLs furloughing and layoffs and all that. Um, and Andy said, turns out buying something worth 10 cents for 1.3 million is a bad financial decision. And then he followed it up with this tweet could also be about Alfredo or Tunia, which was <laughs> really great. Um, but in that thread, it was so interesting. It's, there's just this weird, I, I, maybe it's not just an American thing, but there's so many people who are just so quick to like rush to the defense of poor old Deloy Hansen um, about like, you know, you can't, you, you're not allowed to criticize how people spend their money um, and that type of thing. One particular reply was, wasn't worth 10 cents, idiot. It was worth $1.3 million. Might even be worth more nowadays, regardless. How well have you done with your money? Oh, wait. You are a low person on a totem pole working for a failing newspaper. Call it what it is. There's just like, I don't I don't know what that reaction is. And I don't know if it's inherently American. I don't know if it's inherently like, there's just, that's such a weird response to just a reporter who's like reporting something that a billionaire did that, I mean, not that exact decision, but there are decisions that led up to him laying off a lot of people. And there are things out of his control, but I haven't heard of any other MLS team laying people off in mass like this. Um, uh, Minnesota United, I know, made a big change. Oh, did they? Uh, okay. And in that, I think they handled it maybe even slightly worse than us. Oh, it's that's right. They did. Because in their initial email to employees, they said, uh, oh, what was it? They oh. they said here's some companies that are that yeah, are hiring. Here's where and, you can apply. That's right. That's, that's right. Yeah. Who's all their sponsors though? I was like, oh, go apply they? to work for our sponsors. <laughs> well, that's so good. You know what's funny is uh, the owner of Minnesota United is um, it's this group, uh, but it's Bill McGuire, and he's the CEO of United Health Group. So, which is kind of funny to think about. But it's not hmm. funny. It's actually horrifying, especially when it comes to well, his current timeline. Well, yeah, well, that's 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 the other podcast, Lucas. Uh, but no, hey, man, it's fine. But that whole thread is really funny of like Andy's responses to people. And it's not just funny, but I think it's he raises a lot of good questions is like, um, A, Deloitte can spend his money however he wants. And B, if he didn't save enough money to get through three weeks of MLS, of no MLS income, he probably deserves some criticism for not having a rainy day fund. That's not good business. Um, But like, there are so many like weird responses to to that when like people don't even want to think critically about the decision. Somebody like Deloitte Hansen, a billionaire, and, and there, there's always the, he doesn't just have like a billion dollars in cash sitting around. Like this is, my, my brain keeps going to bags of money on Better Call Saul. But like, like, like clearly, yeah, he doesn't have $2 billion in literal dollar bills in his house. But like, that's but not an excuse. Maybe he, honestly, if there's any billionaire that has <laughs> that much cash in, in their homes, it's going to be him. So Anyway, I just think that's interesting, an interesting thread, and there's some good points in there. But one it's of the just... continue. 
sorry to cut you off, Kyle. One of the You're points good. that I saw brought up, because, I mean, that kind of stuff's been all over Twitter. I've seen that a lot. There was one point that was brought up by somebody that I follow that um, basically they were talking about how Deloitte has invested so much in the community. They're fine with the layoffs because of everything that Deloitte has done before. The layoffs is just a simple business decision and it makes sense, but he's invested millions and millions of dollars. He built the academy. He built the, or he figured out the loans on the stadium and he's built futsal courts all over the place. And he's done so much good that this is somehow acceptable. And I just want to go on the record that it's not at all. If you can, <laughs> obviously, if you can False. spend that much money and you can invest that much money in the community, you can invest just a teeny tiny bit more and keep your employees employed. That, that is the thing that is so... such a drop in the bucket for him. If the yeah. season is canceled, it is still going to cost him personally so much less. And he has the biggest capacity to absorb that loss of income. Yep. And all of his employees now all of a sudden lose their entire income. And so he's just passing the absorption of the loss of income onto his employees. And coming from somebody that's worth as much money as him, it's just not fair. It's unacceptable and it's it's just not okay. That's because that, that's all it is, is he's just passing his personal profits and losses onto his employees. Yeah, and I mean for people that make sixty, seventy, a hundred K a year, maybe, it's not okay. That, that's what's so bizarre to me is he has spent so much money on the team in really great ways that I, I deeply appreciate. But then just w- is the willingness to immediately screw over your employees is so bizarre. It's I, 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 I do really hope that his reputation in this community is permanently damaged because I think he deserves it. And yes, I, yeah. this is the stain for sure. I hope it's more than that, honestly. Uh, and one thing I have wondered if Dave Checkets is still the owner and his pockets were nowhere near as deep. Um, like, do I feel differently about this? Probably a little bit because he seemed like a guy, you know, who had some money, but not to Deloitte's level. Um, that, you know, it's like, okay, he's already invested most of what he has in the club. It makes sense. Like you have to run a pretty lean ship. But like yep. Deloitte wants to be known as this like business like you know giant in Utah who can drop you know two point nine million dollars in a coin and all that. Like, you what gotta... is his net worth like estimated? Is it is it like north of three or four billion? I it's think like it's four, north right? of three, less than four. I think it's like three point yeah. three, three point eight, somewhere in that that ballpark. <sighs> Man, the most recent numbers I've heard, but also it's... whatever. It's so funny. It's not funny. It's it's horribly depressing, but and funny in my brain that people are so willing to like criticize the financial decisions of like regular people. Um, but like for some reason, somebody having a billion dollars is absolved of all um, blame. <laughs> Maybe if Deloitte hadn't bought those one million new iPhones, he'd be able to keep his in place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sucks so bad. I mean we've all been part of different companies that have like, you know, a lot, so many companies and businesses use that language of like family and, but, but to a higher level, sporting organizations take that to like, um, even though we know it's a business, but they take that, that like rhetoric up to like a, a different level of like family and like, um, belonging and that type of thing. And to get laid off after, like that soon. Um, and from what I've heard with such 
little guidance, such poor, um, like no heads up at all, really, especially after they canceled it the first time and then it's back again in a week or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not really how you're supposed to treat your, uh, family or whatever. Yeah. I've got a few thoughts on this. Go hit, hit Uh, us, Matt. So, so sports is a different beast than like most business. I think we can all agree on that. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a purely entertainment business. Uh, despite what we may fool ourselves into thinking sometimes. Um, and and it takes a special like skill set to like thrive in an organization. Um, Deloitte Hansen famously doesn't pay his sporting employees that well. We've lost plenty of people for that reason. And oh, and so you know, oh, but we've also had a, a number of like really good people stay because they love the organization. Uh, a move like this really undercuts like. Can you love this organization? If you can't, like, why are you still here? You're getting paid peanuts. You could make double this in any other market or in like an NFL team and using, you know, applicable skills that may not translate to like the normal business world, but they certainly could translate to other athletics, right? Yep. And that's what I find really distressing is like, so you browse know, like like realistically like i i like to think of the this the club as this entity that exists beyond Deloitte hansen and and that matters but like realistically we're a billionaire's plaything and not much more than that and yeah. for him to cut it off like that just like really like really stinks people are it's- people are down to put up with a lot to stick around like you just said there are many reasons that people stay in like work situations that um, maybe less than ideal or get paid less than where you might somewhere else. And it's often because of the people that you work with directly. It's almost rarely, if ever, because of the people uh, very much higher up. And there's only so much you can put up with from that um, those higher levels before it's like it's uh, not worth working there anymore. So that's also my fear is that like there's something to be said for the good people who have stuck stuck around through a lot that we all know has been. And uh, was it Craig that said this is the hardest place in MLS to work or was it someone else? I can't remember. Yeah, I believe that was Craig Weibel. I yeah. think it was Craig in the Pecky lawsuit in a text. Yeah. He mm-hmm. also said that and, to me once at RSL training. Yeah. I think Craig has very, been very, <laughs> just, just so, just so we all know how Craig is and was, uh, not only was that in a secret text that was deposed, but it was also, uh, to Lucas one time <laughs> at, well, also, at a I reporter mean, even, even in a reporting Twelman, situation. <laughs> even Taylor Twelman got on Twitter during the whole pecky thing and said that like, it's been an open secret league wide yeah, that RSL right. is not a fun organization to work for. Yeah, and the fact that we've been able to keep so many people that we all, I think, know and like personally within the organization, um, I think, speaks to the good people who remain. But like, I'm, I don't. How much can you put up with, honestly? And well, I mean, look at look at in the past, how many people have left RSL to go to other, um, like other teams, even in MLS or other sporting organizations, like legitimately talented people, people that are known nationwide for their good work, leave RSL for other teams and go win multiple championships. It's fine. Yeah. 
it's not it's, it's not, not a new thing for people to leave RSL. Like honestly, there's a few people at the club that like I'm surprised are still are still around. Be- yeah. Just because of how much how talented they are and I'm sure they've received offers from other teams, and I'm sure they're better than RSLs. There's yeah, something sucks, keeping them man. here. There's, there's something to be said for that. But so I, I was messaging with uh, an employee like the day this all went down, um, and he um, had had been around for a while, and I asked him the difference between like prior to Hanson taking over, um, and where the culture of like the organization is now. And he said, basically to summarize, like it's, it's bad. Deloitte has his shortcomings, but um, Andy is the effing worst. Um, I've heard and, that as well. Uh, he's awful, worst leader and an even worse person. Um, Deloitte has shortcomings, but Andy is one who has created a shitty workplace with an awful culture. Um, and I think, that is really significant that I've asked a lot of people who work within the organization about the leadership and um, you don't hear a lot of positives about Andy Carroll. Um, and there might be reasons why, like maybe he's the guy who's you know tasked to make the hard decision decisions or something like that, but it feels like there should be a way to do that and have people on board and understand versus he seems to be pretty disliked by employees throughout the organization. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair to say. That resonates. I mean, I've talked to current employees and former employees and that's exactly this, what like all of them say, they all say the same things about Deloitte and Andy that you just said. It's all very, very similar. This is all very depressing, guys. Ah, dude, it sucks. And like, I mean, and I just Thank watched you. a video of them digging a mass grave in New York. So it's just like, it's a great, it's a great time for humanity, I think, in general. Um, but like, and even like the things that we normally are able to distract ourselves away from uh, the impending uh, uh, doom is a pretty strong word, but we'll collapse with of it. Western yeah. civilization. Yeah, that that that's better. Uh, like. <laughs> You know, the things that we used to distract, like it's, I can't, everything is so, these days are like flying by, they're dragging at the same time somehow. I don't remember last week or the week before, really. I just have these little events of like awful things that are going on stuck in my brain, like whether they're local and there's stuff with like the sports teams and organizations I love, or if it's like nationally, it's just like, there's no escape. So I'm not surprised that we don't have a very cheery episode in the middle of a global pandemic and uh, our friends getting laid off. That really sucks. Yeah. And I mean, how many unemployed people are there in this country now? Uh, An extra 13 million in the last like three weeks or something? Uh, 17 million. So, okay. Well, yeah, it's going to get worse before it gets better, isn't it? Yeah. Well, good thing yeah. we're here to cheer everybody up. Oh, okay. So I think we should also briefly talk about the um, the fund that players were trying to set up. Who knows the most about that? I I don't think anybody knows the most about that. Okay. So the information that I think that I know is that the players were all willing to give up a month of salary to keep all the staff on, which 
again, I it's it's a great gesture, and I it's annoying that it was even like whatever even necessary. To yeah, consider, um, right. right. Uh, they were all willing to do that to keep the staff on, and supposedly the league shut it down, which I, I don't understand. Can I venture a guess? Yeah, I'm gonna bet. I knowing nothing about the situation whatsoever. It's my favorite uh, kind of guesses. Oh yeah, classic Trevor. I'm sure it's some kind of um, there's some like hidden league rule or something that's CBA that says that like the team can't reallocate players' salaries or the league can't mm-hmm. reallocate player salaries for like game day staff. I'm I'm sure it's some simple stupid rule that nobody knows about because it's never been an issue before. Yeah, but I don't. It's got to be a CBA I, I if, it, if it truly is the league. Yeah, if it's truly the league, it would have had to be the CBA, right? Something I like think. that, yeah. I, I can't imagine MLS being like, oh, the players want to help game day staff during a global pandemic? We're not going to allow that. Yeah, you know so, I mean? like, man. There's okay. got to be a good reason for them to say no. So only- what I don't get is why they the players couldn't just like publicly announce that they were going to receive their paychecks and then create their own fund yeah. and in partnership with – like. I don't know. Like, I guess they couldn't funnel the money correctly to the employees. Like that would have been, I don't know. I, it's There's really annoying to those... think about that. That couldn't have been made. That couldn't be possible. Like that's, that's really like disgusting. I don't know what got in the way really probably the CBA, but like, seriously, this is again, another, <sighs> another fun little bit of speculation, but that's something that like, I feel like if the players were going to do that, nothing stopping the players from like coming out, and saying that they were going to do that, or they are going to do that, like players in other leagues have done it, uh, like the NBA. There's been plenty of players, and yeah. there's been a couple of players that have done stuff like that. So I don't know what's stopping the players from doing it. To me, it almost seems like, and again, this is conspiracy, Trevor. It feels like it might be a PR spin. Somebody said that the players need to come out looking good with this, and so some the players came up with an idea, or somebody came up with an idea to make the players look like they wanted to do it, but weren't able to, and to try to save some kind of face for the organization. Yeah. So, so that, here's a little speculation. That's what it feels like to me. I've got a little speculation on my part as well. Um, when we think about game day staff from Real Salt Lake, they'd be coming from like secondary organizations, from non-Deloy Hansen organizations. Like I believe it's Levy Foods that runs the food. Yeah, and they're a, a multinational, like mega conglomerate, right? Do they still? Because um, Dave Checkets was the one that ran Levy stuff, and I thought that left with him. Uh, whatever it is, it's the same thing the UN used or okay. uses. So it is a it's a a huge huge company. Yeah, um, and I wonder if that plays into it at all um, for like game day staff in particular, uh, and then security, of course, we know is. That security company, CSE, CSE, <laughs> that everyone loves. Um, and so, like, as I think about like the amount of staff at the club, it's 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 not like a big organization, right? I mean, like, yeah, the the through the like the marketing. I mean, that's like a big the marketing, the ticket sales, um, the media people, like the the like digital content people, yeah. Um, who, so, like, um, and then like and then like athletic trainers 
right? But they all got kept on. So, I mean, I don't really know how many people it truly is. Yeah, and that's that's the problem, right, is there's so little detail around this, and the club is not interested in providing any more detail than mm-hmm. is strictly necessary, I think. Um, which, on, on one hand, I guess I get. Um, yeah trying not to feed the fire, but it's clearly burning around them. Um, in, in some ways, I wonder, like, the timing of that could have made a difference as well. It could have been the league saying, now's not the right time to, like, concern yourself with that. Nobody's furloughed. They're still being paid. We don't want to let Deloitte Hansen off the hook and have you start paying Deloitte Hansen. Because I think that's a really tricky situation. And I wonder if the answer would be different now that there have been furloughs and layoffs. That's a good question. It could be. I wish I knew. I did want to point out um, one thing that didn't really get talked about a whole lot is this team, before any of this furlough talk even started happening, um, several other organizations and teams, like in the NBA I'm talking about right now, and a little bit in MLB, they already announced there were several teams that announced that game day staff, and I'm assuming that meant the concession people and, and security, all those people that work at the stadium the day of a game, um, they put together funds to, to pay those people. And they started saying that like within days of their leagues announcing suspensions and things like that. And RSL's already missed a home game before any news of any furloughs. And nobody said anything about whether game day staff was paid that day or whether they would have been paid. I'm assuming they weren't. I'm assuming that Deloitte just said, if you guys didn't show up and nobody came here, I'm not paying you anything. And the only thing we know from that is that they did donate a whole bunch of food to the Utah food bank, which is great. Um, But there was an entire home game day, the 21st that nobody said anything about paying game day staff. And so there was already before this whole thing, um, came about with the furloughs there was already money missing so i i want to take a quick step back and go back to the the donation of food i think that for me is a more a, a gesture for saving face than anything oh, yeah. um while the impact is good uh it all came i mean the the food they donated was food that would have spoiled yeah uh, and and that like I, I'm, I'm glad they donated it. Of course, like I don't think anyone should be upset about that. Yeah, uh, that's, not, that's thing, not right. The point, the point yeah. isn't that the food was going to spoil, but it's an important context to put it into. Yeah, it's the, something it, with it instead of nothing, which is like better than nothing, but it's a pretty low bar to clear, though. Yeah, exactly. And that that being like, oh, the club did this. That that for me like rings so hollow. Yeah, it really does. Man, this sucks. Uh, Lucas, you got to talk to Freddie, though. How was that? It was nice. I (laughs) felt, I mean, it was odd being a Zoom call, but it felt like a normal sports interaction, Mm -hmm. largely. Um, I just. What did he have in his background? uh, He had like an RSL emblem. Uh, Oh. He was using the virtual background? Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I like it. He was the only Crazy. one on the call of nine people who who had that. Uh, apparently, the week before <laughs> he had uh, like palm trees. Uh, Sweet. Um, I wasn't on that call though. So, uh, 
one thing that jumped out, well, I think Freddie in general is like a really likable chill guy. Like he I I was looking at his Facebook page, which is a little bit weird, but Are you Facebook he, friends? No. But it oh, came okay. up as like a recommendation. Um Did you add him? I didn't. I felt a little oh. weird about it. Um, but I was looking Fair. at his like photos and everything is just so like unassuming. Like he just seems like a guy who loves soccer and is like pretty easygoing, but like really the guy being a dude. Yeah. Like he's just a guy being a dude and he's really focused <laughs> on uh, playing soccer. And I, I think that's an exciting mentality to have in a leader. We'll see how it shakes out. Like at some point I'd love to ask him the question, you know, you're really good with Academy players. All, all the young guys who played for you at the Academy level, like love you. Like how do you handle big personalities? Because that's a different skill set. Um, but that, that never came up. So, uh, the thing that surprised me most is one of the early questions was about how the furloughs and, you know, all that was affecting him. And he said, no one had spoken to him about it. So he was just sort of going about business as usual. Amazing. Why would you you want, why would you benefit from transparency as a sporting organization? Do you think? Why would that improve anything? And like, so if he didn't, if he wasn't talked to about it directly, I'm assuming the players weren't either. And like, dude, that's so, man. It sounds sounds like an organization with a really shitty culture to work in, doesn't it? It kind of does. A little bit. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry for my language. (gasps) We've forgiven you, Trevor, but uh, yeah. Let's not go beyond that Okay. No, we don't go beyond that level. I think we we pass FCC. (laughs) Get it? (laughs) No. Sorry. I get it, Kyle. That's okay. Wait, Matt legitimately might not get it, which is kind of incredible. (laughs) No, I get it. Okay, I'm on Twitter. Okay. He he he's seen the he's seen the shirts. Um. Yeah, man, it sucks so bad. I, I mean. I'm not going to pretend to know what anything looks like in a week from now, let alone a few months. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the season. I All I know is the things that I've learned about this club. I mean, I think this is just, I, I, I'm not, I'm not terribly surprised, honestly, um, based on what we've heard about the club inner workings time and time again. Um, I'm not surprised about the events. I am sort of surprised about the power that uh, the fans and kind of Jake in particular wields in this situation. Um, Don't let him hear you say that, though. I, I hope he doesn't. I mean, he know he he's he knows, but like, um, I love Jake. It's so Don't funny me. to have somebody like Jake in the fan base who also. Like, like, you know, people, RSL fans follow him and look to him and his podcast and like what he says on the matter. And yeah, I think it's, I mean, there were employees in the organization that were genuinely like of the belief that Jake's willingness to publish like what was going on that first time through, um, that that's 
was the inciting event to to temporarily cancel the furloughs and all that. Um, so even if it ended up just being for a week or two or whatever, it ended up being, um, yeah. So and Deloitte genuinely, I think it's pretty apparent that he cares what people think about him and the fans. And I think that complaining on uh, social media, um, especially when all of us can't get together, uh, I think it actually does something, <laughs> which is weird. Um, so yeah, once the season's back, I hope we all don't just like immediately forget what happened. And I think the people who were directly wronged by this decision certainly won't. Yeah. I mean, someone uh, put a, like a hashtag Deloy out banner uh, on the fence around the stadium already. I, yep. I'm i curious if those things are getting back to Deloy. Um, <laughs> well, I know he, he pays attention to things about himself, um, knowing that because he's broken news and like Facebook comments on RSL soapbox before, Wait. which was the, <laughs> Uh, he 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 once broke that uh, that the reason he and Garth, you know, stopped seeing eye to eye, was because uh, he had traded Nat Borchers. Now I'm sure there were problems well before that, but like Deloy came out in a comment just bringing that up. Wow! Uh, and and I know he has at least two Twitter accounts uh, with things very close to his name so they're they're not like true burners um i don't know if he remembers the passwords to them but but they exist and he's favorited things i've tweeted before so it's been a long time mind you but he pays i mean him going on i mean just like during the pecky saga that dude was an absolute (laughs) like just disaster of information so like yeah and there's a good chance he fired pecky because of a certain video getting out there of him so i don't know man i i think that people should continue to be loud and voice their displeasure um and be willing to like threaten to cancel season tickets especially if we're paying if if people are paying for tickets that aren't even guaranteed to be used or like whatever is going on with the season ticket situation they're still collecting that money they got their one game yeah, I mean, and maybe a bobblehead? Has that uh, mm-hmm. a leftover Javi bobblehead? They've probably got a good 10,000 of those left, I'm sure. Yeah, anyway, that's. I feel like that's all I have to say on the matter. I can't think of anything else. My brain let me, hurts. Let me pause it a question, because I, sure. I kind of want to get all three of you guys' take on this. I tweeted the other day um, talking about how I, I did some rough math. I think I spend at the stadium between season tickets and concessions, I probably spend a thousand dollars a year, like easy on attending RSL games. If I were to, and I've said this before as well, it's really easy to watch the games on TV these days. And it's really easy to buy my own beer and drink it at home. and watch the games would canceling my season tickets or just as a general question, would canceling season tickets actually send that message to Deloitte that we want him to pay workers or would he see it as, well, I have less money now, so how can I pay employees? Do That's you a good think question. that canceling season tickets would have the effect of him going, oh, I made a mistake, let me correct it? I think if you were canceled your season tickets and were very loud about it, I think that's um, that might be different. I think that's my opinion. 
How can yeah, me as a season weird. ticket holder, not as me, Trevor Brady on a podcast, but me just as general season ticket holders, how can they be loud about this? Because I mean, I, obviously I've got something of a platform that I can use, but other people don't. If they want it to be loud, what's a good way to be loud? I honestly think banners, like visuals that he'll see in the stadium would have a huge impact in how he feels about situations. If he sees fans like, you know, the way they did um, uh, winger out at uh, old Arsenal there. Uh, it was a crying shame that. I think they should have kept him, but that's, let's not get into that. Um, <laughs> uh, I think those images would deeply disturb Deloy Hansen. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing as like it's it's collective action or basically nothing at all, right? Like if a single Trevor without a platform canceling season tickets isn't going to do anything either way, but like if people are doing something in mass, it would. Um, and I think that may be on media to cover that type of thing. So. I mean, not to go right back at Jake, but if Jake were to hypothetically cancel his season tickets and encourage uh, people who follow him to do the same, and if other people did the same, I think that would have a very large impact. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if that impact is going to directly result in people getting hired back immediately. I doubt it. Um, But yeah. That's the fear with that action is the response is not, oh, people are mad at me. Let me try to fix the situation. It's, Oh, I've lost revenue. Like we have to eliminate positions permanently. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what I would want to avoid. And uh, so, I mean, I do like the idea of making banners or making two poles to bring to the stadium next time we're there. Like I've participated in that kind of stuff in the past and I like that idea. Banner would be cool. <laughs> I wonder what would happen. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they, I know they're, they're on the lookout for certain imagery, but like, is there, do you think they have a ban on the stadium on people bringing in anti ownership material? I don't, I doubt it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, um, years ago when we let Garth go, um, there was, I don't know if you were involved in this map, but, we painted a TIFO that covered almost the entirety of section 35. Um, that was like a Godfather theme. And it said, uh, make Garth an offer that you can't refuse. I, I mean, team staff knew that that was happening. They came and helped us move it into the stadium and everything. And I mean, that was obviously aimed right at the ownership and they definitely saw it. So I don't, I can't imagine that they would, I mean, it would yeah. be, a, it would be a real problem if they got mad at, when we when the stadium opens again, bringing in two poles and t-shirts and banners and stuff like that, that would show a real. It, it'd be problematic if the team did not let that stuff in. It absolutely would be that. That is such a different message of keep on this general manager versus we want the owner gone. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that one, Trevor. That was. Uh, I don't think I was involved, but I. I still laugh because it sounds vaguely like you're trying to threaten Garth Loggerway, <laughs> um, who I think was a generally good person. I think I'll be honest; I I, I don't really. I feel know like I know like a surprisingly little amount about Garth personally. I, yeah, I think that was by design when he was in um, Seattle. Came back uh, 
this past or 2019, he was like super chatty in the press box. And I just kind of sat and listened and I'm like, Oh, you seem like a really great dude. Well, that's great. So, uh, should we, should we pivot now to something a little more cheery? Yes. What is there that is cheery, Matt? There's nothing that's cheery, which is why we must go to the past. That <laughs> it, did that sound like a trailer for a movie? That, that was, was really cool. good. <laughs> Thanks. I like uh, that. So, so everyone's been doing these uh, Mount Rushmore of blank, which is really easy because you just look at the players with the most appearances and put them on it, and that's sort of what it turns out to be. Um, so we'd all probably have the same one. Let me posit a guess. Uh, Kyle Beckerman, Nick Romando, Jason Kreiss, Javier Morales. Is that accurate? I would put yes. Saburio on there instead of Kreiss, but that's me. You're a monster. <laughs> I'm not a monster. He's the, le- he's the team's leading goal scorer. Yeah. I mean, I would... That's, that's such a classic Trevor <laughs> Mount Rushmore, dude. Come it on. Legitimately, I'm not a word of a lie. Saburio is my favorite player that's ever played for RSL. Okay. Is it because oh, yeah. he was super moody? Because my that's Rushmore. my favorite. I understand that some people will disagree, and that I'm not going to have that fight. But yeah, he's in the conversation. Is my pinky toe on the Mount Rushmore. All right, that's fair. So, but we'd all have at least three of the same four, right? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. If it, for me, if it's not Christ, it's Sabo. Uh, I'd put a Lave up there, but I'd put because I want to see his face up there. Level Lave. When I, I mean, first that's what Extra Time Radio did. Yeah, yeah, when I first saw Extra Time Radio post that, Olave was honestly the first name that came to mind. And then once I started coming up with the other ones, I was like, oh, yeah, Olave probably misses out, but he's in the conversation as well. So, so what I'd like to propose then is what is your Mount Rushmore of like B tier, second tier Real Salt Lake players, players that you may have like a love for? Johnny Steele. But in in no way <laughs> Did you say Johnny Steele? I did. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's an all timer. Lucas, you're the monster now. <laughs> uh, so are you, are you, Johnny Steele. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you asking for like serious like five through eight of the Mount Rushmore or like just asking us to dig into the vault of random players that I think no, five through eight's a pretty good one, right? So I mean, I, was, I think those are far more up for debate. So I, I was going for both, which okay. is not fair of me. Uh, but five through eight is probably a more meaningful thing. And then, like, additionally, your like Mount Rushmore players that nobody else is going to look like. People are going to say, like, are you like look at you and just question your very existence? Right, I know so, one that's going to be on Matt's question very existence Mount Rushmore. Luke? No, it's Terakaza no. Tanaka. Oh, I do love Dude, Tanaka. Tanaka's cool. He did ride his bicycle to the stadium for did like every really? game. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I I don't know if he was a good player. No, he was. I assume he was. He was not a good player. <laughs> but I think well, we he was super like cool. This, he was we picked him up from like the either like the bottom team in the J League or the second division in Japan. Yeah, it and was then, either J League or J League Two. And then I think after he left here, he went to like second division in Korea or something like that, and then retired at like twenty six. Interesting. I still okay. follow him on uh, on Twitter, so or Instagram. I don't know why, but I do. 
so so let's uh somebody want to start us off with your five through eight there are four people on Mount Rushmore, right? Okay, so yes. I think we, we have plenty of time. So let's do five through eight and then like a, your your deep cuts because I think those are different for me. Okay, who wants who wants to lead us off? Trevor, go. Go, oh, Trevor. Geez. Are you going to make me do five through eight first? Because yeah. I, yeah. I can give you a deep cut right off the bat. No, let's do five through eight first. Do, yeah, do five through eight. Five through eight? Jeez, um, I don't even know where I'd start. Probably... I feel like we already talked about Olave. He's there for sure. Mm-hmm. Probably Borchers and probably yep. Spindola. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. It's a fun one. Oh, geez. You're going to have to give me a second on the eighth. Man, that five through eight can be so loosely defined because like I, I was very, I was very inclined to immediately throw um, Jordan Allen on there just as like the yeah. injury reserve Mount Rushmore yeah. <laughs> pick, but like just because he's one of my favorite RSL players. But like my, I think five through eight is very clearly for me. Tony, I'd even put Winger, Borchers, oh, and then um, the fourth one. I'm gonna go with da, 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 Ned Gravoy. Oh yes. Mm. See, this is the problem. It's just you funny because three of those are defenders, but the, whatever. The problem is you said Tony and Ned, and as soon as you said Tony, I was like, oh, yeah, that's my eighth. Obviously, Tony. And then you said Ned, and now I have to remove somebody in order to make room for Ned. It's hard, dude. We have like remove a lot a of like – so, Yeah. yeah <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. And then my like my deep cuts. I mean, it, it's so hard to not, to not even put like – Andy Williams in there. Even. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me not to put, uh, I don't know if this is a hot take, but Chris Schuler in there. He's like one of my favorites. Um, even Robbie Finley for, for instance, I think I, um, I'm, I'm going to have to say Joao Plata. Okay. Jo- how about Joao Plata? He deserves a mention. I don't think he's quite okay. five through eight, but like he should be in the conversation for five through eight. Okay. Like. So, my, I don't even know how much deep cuts really, but I think about Medi Bellucci like a lot. I think about, <laughs> I think about Jeff Cunningham quite a bit. <laughs> I think about Medi Bellucci. Um, also, I want, I'm curious how you guys, where you guys think Dunny fits on on all of that. Um, so Medi Bellucci, uh, Jeff Cunningham, um, and I think. I think burrito goes on that list for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, burrito is up there for me as well, actually. I, and then my fa- my last one is going to be uh, oh, I was going to say Escandarian, but my I think it's for me. <laughs> um, it's not Cole Grossman, but it is Cole Grossman. Yes, this one is going to piss Trevor off. Ian Joy. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Somebody else right, talking. Go, Lucas, go. And this is five through eight. Five through eight. Sure, yeah. Five through eight, then a couple deep cuts. Okay. Uh Beltran, uh Alave, I think Burrito and Borchers. Okay. I'm uh, not interesting. I'm not high on burrito nearly as much as the rest of y'all are, but I respect it. Well, actually, if I don't have okay. Sabo on my one through four, then I guess he takes the spot from burrito. 
Yeah, okay. that's that's Probably, true. I, I'm also I'd time. like to swap out burrito for Sunny, actually. <laughs> oh, Sunny. <laughs> I think that's my I love pick. It. I love it. Um, and then I think deep cuts. Oh, like Velasquez comes to mind because his first year was so exciting, even if it was inconsistent. Um, yeah. I feel like we have to have to have to have Freddie do on those deep cuts. Like it's got to be. <laughs> Brady Adu is number one on my deep cuts. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, Jaime would be in there too. Oh, yeah. I can see it. Oh, yeah. I remember when Jaime had an attempted bicycle kick and it was really clean, and I was like, dude, this guy's going to be so good. (laughs) Then we signed your Mopsician and he went back to Argentina, was it? Chile? I think he went... He was Argentine and then went back to Chile, or he was yeah. Chilean and then went back to Argentina. It was one Wait, of those. Which one? Sorry. Jaime. Jaime. Jaime, yeah. Argent- Argentina. Oh, Luis Gill. Obviously. Dude, Obviously. I st- I, stealing I my about, five through eight thunder here. I think about that clip of him not playing defense oh. that one time in Colorado. I'm I think still about angry that about that. I've never seen nick as mad as he was at that exact moment yeah rightly so yeah, yeah. oh man. okay i've got my five through eight guys oh sorry lucas i cut you off go omez garcia oh that's, that's good. a good one that's solid <laughs> remember that hat trick wait did he score a hat trick or was it just two goals i, I think, think it was so. just two goals yeah. against la i think javi's the only one with a hat trick yeah javi no sabo's got a hat trick does he Oh, yeah. you're probably right. Actually, I'm dumb. He got one. He might have got two, but you I know he had at least Lucas. one. Hold on. Are you going to look okay, it up? This is going to be facts-based. While you're looking that up, I'll give my five through eight. Uh, so I guess I should should give you my one through four first. Yeah. Um, I I suppose it's uh, Beckerman, Javi, Olave, I think is my fourth. And uh, That's right. Uh, oh, Ramondo. Okay. Um, so that's my one through four. Uh, so five through eight for me. Sorry, I'm getting some popping on my mic. Five through eight uh, for me would be... I'm losing it. Uh, Tony Beltran, Ned Grabavoy, uh, Hamas and Olave can be on there twice. No, Sabrio. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, probably Nat Borgers. Okay, th- there's someone I'm really hoping for on your deep cuts, and I'm really hoping if it, if he shows up. Before oh. before we do deep cuts, can I go some facts-based information? Yes, yes. please. So there have been um, a total of seven hat tricks in Real Salt Lake history. The first one was Jason Christ, July 13, 2005, against Minnesota mm. Thunder in the Open Cup, which was a 4-6 oh, yeah. loss. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the next one pretty pretty on brand april 09 uh robbie finley versus uh columbus crew 4-1 win then the next three are all sabo um against the timbers chivas and the red bulls then javi's one and only houston was against houston and then uh demir krylak had one against the la galaxy in a 6-2 Wait. win Wait, what he oh did, my gosh, I forgot about that. Totally forgot. Yeah, that was recent. I can't believe that was 2018, that, but yeah. I forgot about that game. We just freaking ruined them. That was... That's right. Wow. Okay. Well, 
But that was in LA too, wasn't it? No, that was here. No, that was here. Yeah. Was it here? I guess I, I think that was the year we destroyed LA in LA as well. But I that was so that. weird. It was so fun when they sucked for. Yeah. Yeah. I was I, I was watching old clips of Beckham, um, recently, and I, that was a fun that was a fun era. He was fun to watch. Anyway. Um. Deep okay, cuts. Matt. I think you're up for the deep okay. cuts. Deep cuts. Um, one, I want to ask if my audio is bad for everyone else or if it's just me. I, I can hear you too. very well. You're oh, good. good. I'll just try to ignore that I sound kind of like a robot, um, <laughs> which is not too different from reality, I suppose. Uh, oh, deep cuts. So I want to go with the deep cuts of, of Real Salt Look players I would never want to have on Matt Rushmore ever. Um, <laughs> okay. Because I'm a terrible person. I already so, know who one of them is. First is Johnny Steele. Yes. Second, second is Luke Mulholland. Oh, okay. British. Uh, third is Louis Gill. Ooh. Um, the fourth one, please. The fourth one. Oh. I don't know. You guys decide the fourth one for me. Lavelle Palmer. That's the one I was hoping you'd no, say. Oh no, I love so Lavelle rude. Palmer. I know, but it, it was it he wasn't it. it was he missed it penalty. was I was hoping you'd put him on there before you mentioned the whole people I wouldn't ever want on the rush. Oh, yeah. Rush <laughs> yeah. Because he's the inciting incident for the namesake, so yeah, yeah that's weird. True. Yeah. It's uh it's it's funny though. I I didn't think he was a great player. I didn't think he was a bad player, but you're right. At the same time, it was like the 10th penalty kick, so I can't begrudge him too much. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Lavelle is also one of my deep cuts. I love that guy. I know. He's everything I know about him is that he's just super solid, dude, but he's, uh, yeah. Oh, you're a Mofsisian. Oh, I thought you were going to say his cousin. Oh, Arturo Agassian? Yeah. Wait, is that really his cousin? You're good in his first stint. Yeah, his second stint ruined it for me. Arthur's his cousin? Yeah. I feel like Ortunio should you think, be on that list ahead of Euro. How do you think no, Ortunio I don't hate. I don't remember that even being a thing. Uh, that's weird. Um, but a, like a real deep cuts for me, like I'd probably go... Armenians, anyway. Uh, how about Cole Grossman, John Sturzer, Sebastian yep, yep. Velasquez, and... Yep. Uh, uh, Trevor, I'm going to steal one from you. Don't no, I'll go with Tanaka. Let's put Tanaka on that. Tanaka's a great one. Pets. I love that one. Who Who are you going to steal? No, I'm curious. Because none of you no. guys mentioned my number one deep cut. Yep, no, you go for it. Abdullah Mansali. Mansali's <laughs> sick, dude. Yeah. Big fan. I was such a fan of his when he played for us. I lo- and I know that like that's controversial, but he was one of my favorite players, legitimately. But uh, him... Um, Gil, despite all of his problems, mm. Freddie Adu is a fun one. Uh, Lavelle Palmer for sure. Jeez, there's a lot. Yeah, Sebastian Velasquez. No one's mentioning Luis Silva, which is a huge snub. Don't yeah, what's his face is going to be pissed, dude. Yeah, sorry, Tanaka, Bob. how did Tanaka end up in in uh, in the U.S.? That we was... scouted him and signed him. That's it. He straight up, he was in Japan, Japan, Japan. Uh, RSL, Thailand, Thailand, Malaysia, uh, and then Japan, or and then Thailand again. So weird. That was the result of, if I recall correctly, and this is going back a few years, 
Garth took a trip to Japan to do some scouting in oh. Japan, and Tanaka was the signing that he landed on. I remember that Garth going to Japan was a big deal because at the time, like, no one had ever RSL never, yeah, like MLS didn't scout Japan. Yeah. RSL had not scouted outside of like Europe and South America, like at all. So it was like, oh, we're gonna go to Japan and see what's up. And then they signed. Yeah, Tanaka he had a single. He had a single else. assist. He had a single assist for RSL, and that was to Sabo. Um, and he he was released by the club due to ma- to make way for uh, Abdulli Mansali. Interesting. RSL had a player wow. called Dipsy Silowain from Botswana that, who had nine caps in 2005. Yeah, that's like ancient, wasn't it? Wasn't he around like oh five? Yeah, the, like first or second roster? Yeah. Oh, that's where the day is crazy. Well, that was good. That was lighter. I liked that. Um, yeah. Should we, should we end on that note? Anyone? Sure. Yeah, I just miss my friends. Anyone consuming any good media or something? You know, good I TV s- shows. I started watching. Um, to I finally watched The Witcher. I was months behind on that one, but that's really good. Never, didn't watch it. But you, you probably here's the thing. I'm gonna say something, and some people are not gonna like it, and that's fine. It's like. It's not like, but it's kind of like Game of Thrones light. There's a lot of kingdoms and they're all trying to fight each other. And there's like some wizard stuff and it's really cool. I really like it. Having never played the video game, so I don't know anything about it. That's what it feels like to me. I spent a lot of today learning about uh, Robert E. Lee. (laughs) Dude, (laughs) Dude, April 9th. April 9th is a great day because it's one of my best friend's birthdays. It's my half birthday and it's Robert E. Lee day. And I learn a lot about Robert E. Lee and uh, his cowardice. It's, um, it's really cool. There's a, a Robert E. Lee facts, Twitter account that you guys should all follow listeners. that I'm talking, talking. Ah, uh, it's going to be too late by, by the time, but yes, eh, you can go back. They'll still could. be there. <laughs> uh, the handle is thicky Rubio. So <laughs> that's where you can learn all about it. Anyway, um, yeah. I'm watching uh, I'm watching Better Call Saul week to week right now. It's a great show. Um, probably one of my favorite shows of all time. So that's pretty cool. I mean, um, I still need to finish that. That's better than Breaking Bad, but that's Ooh. for another episode. I, that was going to um, be my question was, did you like Breaking Bad and did you start watching I it loved, because of Breaking Bad? Yes, I loved Breaking Bad. Okay. And I, like, I enjoy Better Call Saul more because Bob Odenkirk is one of my favorite actors. And his character, uh, Saul Goodman, and Mike and Gustavo are all some of my favorite characters from the Breaking Bad universe, and they're the main characters in Better Call Saul. So. Do you remember you Bob like reaching you... for Michael Scott of The Office? Oh, I, you better believe I do. That would have been weird. I my, know. my first exposure to Bob Odenkirk was through Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job. He, that's a, that's a love Tim and Eric, um, love Bob. He, uh, I saw him, I ran into him in Sun Valley once and said hi and just said I really liked his work and he was very nice. He was skiing and I was, uh, not skiing, but I saw him and he took his goggles off right in front of me and I was like, oh my, Bob Odenkirk. So, amazing. That was fun. I watched that. That was good. Other than that, I'm pretty bored. I've been playing Call of Duty, so. Can I ask you a question, Kyle? Yes. You need to see Breaking Bad in order to enjoy Better Call Saul? Because that's one that I've been like, um, trying to watch, but I don't want to go through all of Breaking Bad. That's a good question. I would I honestly kind of know 
probably not, but it would it would make it you'd probably enjoy it more. It it would be interesting to watch Better Call Saul first because it happens. That actually is Bad. it is prior to Breaking Bad. Um so Alright, I might do that. I, I would finish say, uh I do really like Better Call Saul. Breaking Bad, I think, had the best ending of any show I've ever seen. And that is one even, of the, even. Yeah. One of the things that makes um, it a great series is it ended so I think well. I agreed. Um I think even more is that uh I think the the makers of Breaking Bad, um Vince Gilligan and I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, I think they've just gotten better. So we still have the rest of the season of Better Better Call Saul and then one more season. So I'm I'm stoked to see how they end up. But I think they've just gotten better. And even though the subject matter is in theory like a slightly less interesting than Breaking Bad, I think they have done a better storytelling job. And it's just oh man, it's so good. I've finished Ozark season three also. Oh, I need to watch that um brutal and great i liked it a lot um yeah miss you guys i was just about to start ozarks the other day and i ended up starting starting the sopranos is it not ozarks honestly it's it's just called ozark but uh it it is the ozarks the uh that area in the country um you should just continue watching the sopranos because it's a fantastic show i'm like almost done with season two and i really really am happy that i started watching it yeah i'm gonna rewatch it i I was debating between rewatching that or the wire and i've landed on um the sopranos so Hmm. yeah i still need to see the wire once HBO, because right now, for those who don't know, HBO now is free to watch a couple of shows, and The Wire and The Sopranos is one of them, and that's why I'm mm. starting to watch The Sopranos now, and I'd recommend everybody start watching The Sopranos. It's really even small children, <laughs> especially small children. Um, it's oh definitely a it's a family friendly show. It is a show about family. That's true. Exactly. That's what I'm <laughs> in the <saying>. Italian brain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's yeah that's all i got well i okay. guess that's all then anyone have any hot takes on uh matt rushmore players before we hit stop recording you know Trevor, you didn't say the name i thought you did maybe you did and i wasn't listening but what name david viana oh <laughs> no that was just a special little joke for you I oh, liked thanks. watching David Viana a lot. I was really upset that he left, and then he like left football or soccer like the next year. He was, came over here and was really excited to watch for like a minute, and then wait for the reserves. Yeah, for the that's what I'm saying. Like he played like ten minutes for the team. He played a lot Who of minutes. Did we for the trade our international roster spot for? Who? Who did who did we trade our international? So there oh. there were two for so nobody back in like 2007. It was before that, so it'd be young players in, I think, 2005 or 2006. Um, and for some reason, so they were they originally like youth international spots, uh, but they got converted to full international spots. And uh, we traded for like young players that uh, John Ellinger had worked with at like the youth level and he thought were going to be amazing. And uh, most certainly were not. It's very depressing. And on that happy um, note. Wait a sec. I, I have to, I swear, 
I swear we there was like one name that was attached to it, and I have to find it. Um. Well, go to the Wikipedia. The carefully manicured Wikipedia. I'm sure it's there. I just I remember that we traded it for like nobodies. They were people that guys that only played. Rap like Salt Lake acquires midfielder Adolfo Gregorio. Yep. Oh yeah, that's Steve Pastorino and head coach John Ellinger today announced the acquisition of def- uh, defenseman Alfa- Adolfo Gregorio traded with the Colorado Rapids. He was acquired from Colorado in exchange for a permanent youth international slot in a first round 2007. So somehow that permanent youth international way that's weird so there was like a yeah okay it was was bad that sucks i still we still have to get that back anyway i think kansas city has it now don't they i don't know i mean it it's slot is a slot right so it just it either extends your your slots or takes away from your slots but i don't think they crack like this is slot 1a or or what have you maybe they do that'd be great i want to do that now I just thought that whoever we traded it to, I thought they traded an in a permanent international spot to somebody else, and we all just called it our spot, and now it landed it. I thought it was Kansas. Well, I could be wrong. No, so there, there, uh, there's one other team that's done a permanent one. It's uh, New York Red Bulls to or re- acquired one from Houston Dynamo in 2009, and then there's one. Uh, San and Yasi went to. Colorado in exchange for a like a fifteen year slot or something. Twenty a twenty <laughs> a twenty year slot in twenty ten. Oh, Everything else is expiring time. at the end of twenty twenty. So <laughs> cool. What a league, right? What a league. What a, what a great league. Um anyway, on that note. Okay. Hope hope you're all staying safe and staying healthy out there in the uh in the world. If anyone has any leads on a one of those airplanes that writes messages in the sky, like in the Wizard of Oz. Uh, hit us up. Not like yep. a skywriter, like a guy that carries, or not like the guy that carries a banner behind, but you want like the cartoon a style skywriter. in the smoke. Preferably riding a broom, yeah. Okay. That'd be It'll say surrender Deloy. <laughs> That's all. Yes, please. All right, gents. Lucas, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with us. I miss all of you. I miss getting lunch. I miss you know hanging at hanging at the house. I miss Matt making me dinner. Someday (sighs) we'll get it back, Kyle. We'll get it back. I won't take it for granted. I I miss running into Blue Copper Coffee when they're like closed and making them accidentally (laughs) making them make me coffee without knowing they're closed. Oh man. I miss coffee shops, you know. Do you remember that? Remember, like, what going to a restaurant felt like? I don't. What is? What are those? I don't know. It's been so long. Christmas past. Anyway. Okay. Right, Good night, y'all. everybody. Good night. Good night.